I'm going to read the scripture for you. It comes from the book of 1 John chapter 5. So hear, hear the word of God, verses 1 through 5 and 11 through 12. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God. By loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God. To keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world. Even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. And then in verse 11. And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. This is the word of God and thanks be to him. So I'm Pastor Sharon. It's good to be together. A few more minutes, Chad. Thank you. Um, we are delighted to gather on this very first Sunday in August and be together in worship around the word. Thank you to the worship team. Uh, truly a gift to soak in those scriptures and re- be reminded of who we are and to the all the tech team that supports us each and every week. Before I dig into this passage of scripture, let me let's pray together. Lord, we recognize your word is fresh and new each day. And your Holy Spirit intends to take what is spoken here and what was read and have it go deep into our hearts. We need you to do this, Lord. So come, Holy Spirit, and do what only you can do to make your word alive this day. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So whether you're gathered here with me in person or online, I know that you are probably part of more than just one group. You're a group gathered this morning. But if you were to make a list, if I gave you a piece of paper and said, make a list of every single group you're a part of, it'd be a long list, right? You're a part of a family. You're part of an extended family. You might be part of a hobby club. You might be part of a work group. You might have a neighborhood club. All kinds of groups you might be a part of. Now, you might have been born into this group. You had no choice, right? There you are. You're in the family, whether you want it or not. You might have chosen to be part of a group because of your common interests or your work, your work tasks. Or maybe you were skilled or talented enough that somebody invited you into a group so you could be part of a sports team or something else like that. Groups come together for all kinds of reasons. Some of it's just proximity to each other, right? We live next to each other. We're doing things together. We're assigned a task to do together. And all of these kinds of communities, all these kinds of groups can bring us joy and fulfillment and companionship purpose to our lives. But the church, those of us who belong to Jesus Christ, the church is a completely different kind of community. Not that we don't have fun together. I hope we do. Not that we don't have a purpose together. We definitely do. But we do not belong to this community based on any physical characteristics, based on our lineage, based on our accomplishments, based on our talents, Not even our happenstance of location is what makes us part of the church. 
Because the church is genuine community that's based completely on love. Love that is outside of ourselves. Today we're wrapping up this series on genuine community in this book of 1 John. And we've been reviewing this letter to see what John had to say to his community way back when. And then what it says to us now through the Holy Spirit. We've defined all kinds of characteristics of what it means to be in community with one another. Centered on Jesus, centered on the truth. Later in our service, we are going to share communion together. Of course, communion is a sign of community. And if you're gathering with us online, I encourage you now to get your bread and juice or whatever you'll need to share in communion together. We can do it across technology as well as in person. And so our our series today, or our final um, sermon on this series, is going to be called Lovers, Followers, and Overcomers. Lovers, followers, and overcomers. I hope you're intrigued. We're going to look again at this passage from 1 John. And so if you have your Bible, I invite you to open it either digitally or in print to this last chapter in the book of 1 John. And John starts this chapter with a picture that he's had all throughout this book. He says, everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. He has a picture of children brought forth by God. And we know that those readers and ourselves too, we have this divine lineage that is not because of who we are, but because God has birthed us. Now we know this, but it's a good reminder every time that this church and every local church does not exist because we had this great idea. Or it was the brainchild of a founding pastor or even the first members of this church. God is the one who birthed us into his church, into this particular church as well. And that's the common ground for us as Christians. Not race, not class. Not culture, not language, not political persuasion. None of that is the basis for our commonality. It's our common birth. We're born of Jesus Christ and our common Lord, the Savior Jesus. Parker Palmer, a great writer and um, thinker of our day, said it this way. We are a community not because we like each other. Yikes. um, Sometimes we don't, right? We're not a community that, because we have a common task or project, yes, we do have that sometimes, but because we are called together by God. Do you believe that, brothers and sisters? You and I have been called together by the God of the universe. And John's letter reminds us of this over and over again, that when we walk in the light, when we live as Jesus lived, when we recognize the truth, all those things we talked about, we start to build this genuine community that God had in mind. Now, throughout these series of sermons on genuine community, you've heard from me, you've heard from Pastor Mark and Chitra Hansted, one of our guest speakers, we've given you encouragement and warnings and all to live into this authentic community. I'm going to have Chad come up because you got something as you came in this morning, a card that I am inviting you to respond to. This card right here says at the top, it reminds us that the community of faith is all about all of us. Now, you've listened to me a long time, and now I want to listen to you. 
So you'll see this card has two parts on it. it the top one is asks a question. What is a sign of a genuine Christian community? And I want you to write on that right now. Because I'm going to have our, my friends help collect them. And I'm going to look at them at the end of this service. So get a pen out. Start thinking about, for you, what is a sign of a genuine Christian community? What, what are you looking for when you come to a church family? What, what word or phrase says, this is what's key to being in the community of the church? What's most vital for you when you look for a Christian community? What is that word or phrase? What do you know from the Bible, from the scriptures that define what genuine Christian community is? So write it down. I'm going to ask my helpers here to come and collect them. So you just have a minute more to put something down there. I want to hear from you because I believe God speaks through his church, the whole church. And of course, you're going to rip it in half. Like this, only only hand in the top part. That looks like this, the response part. What is a sign of a genuine Christian community? If you're gathering with us online, please, we want you to we want to hear from you too. So you can just put it in the comment section, and um, we'll gather that together. This is the I, I actually always long for kind of an interaction interactive sermon, and this is my best way of doing it. Um, I want to hear from you. God is speaking through you as well. And we'll look at these um, truths at the end of this uh, sermon this morning and talk about what your hopes are, what you see, what you long for in genuine Christian community. Thank you, Chad, for just giving us some fill there. He's always so great at that. Before I look at these cards and we kind of unpack them together, let's take a look at what this passage of Scripture says about genuine Christian community. What evidence does John talk about that are markers for us about being a community that's born of God? And that's what I've called lovers, followers, and overcomers. So we're going to take a look at first at the first one, lovers. Because a community born of God... As it says in verse 1, everyone who loves the father loves the child, his child as well. Pastor Nancy said it beautifully in her Kairos Kids moment too, that we are called first to love. Verse 1 puts those together really clearly. We're called to be lovers of God and that feeds into love for other people. Now you may shrink away from the term lovers as fitting for Christian community. Maybe it sounds too much like sexual union, and heaven forbid that we would ever talk about sex and God in the same space. But I would just remind you that John writes over and over and over in his book about love. Love for God, lavish, self-giving love for God and for God's children and for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so at the most fundamental level, you and I are called to be lovers a lover is has his eyes her or her eyes focused on the the person that they're that they love right we're called to be that kind of lovers of god giving ourselves in devotion to him loving him with all we are body soul spirit and then that love flows out again to love expressed to our brothers and sisters We've seen it before in John's writing. We've talked about it before in this series. This is much more than a sentimental feeling. 
um, it is more about loving those who God has said are your brothers and sisters. As you look around in this space, and those of you who are online, be aware of those you know who are followers of Jesus. That is your brother. That is your sister. They are God's children. And so we're not called just to love some of them. We're called to love all of them. God's progeny. God is this earthly parent that loves so completely. And that's the kind of love he wants us as lovers to share with others. We honor our love for God by the way we truly love each other. And that's one of the signs of genuine community. Do we love God? Do we love others? Are we lovers first and foremost? The second characteristic of a community born of God is that we are followers. We are shaped by obedience. That's a mark of true Christian community. That we diligently follow the commands of God and we follow our leader Jesus. We don't have the marching orders on our own, friends. We need to follow the one who's given us the way to go. Verse 2 and 3 puts these together so clearly. And it it seems elementary. And yet John doesn't want us to miss this. Because he, he was talking to a community that thought you just had to think nice thoughts. Be at this high spiritual plane and everything would be fine. And he says, no, this is how we know that we love the children of God. It says in verse 2, by loving God and carrying out his commands. And verse 3, in fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. So we can't say we love God and we have an indifference to what he tells us to live. That word keep means to guard it, to keep watch over it, to be careful to obey because there is so much at stake. Do you believe that? That the commands of Jesus have so much at stake for your life, for your well-being, and for the future of the church? We need to be followers. Followers. The commandments here, Pastor Nancy talked about it this morning so well too, the commandments weren't necessarily the Old Testament laws. In fact, John doesn't even use that passage, law, in this book at all. When he's talking about commandments, he's talking about the love God command and love your neighbor command. Those two that come together, unified together. This is command we are called to keep. And we can't say we love God if we don't keep those commandments. Now just to be sure, obedience and following is not the cause of our inclusion in community. You're not in community because you've done it all right. Well, for sure, we know we haven't. So that's a mark we can recognize, all of us. It is a result of responding to what God has done for us. When you know you are so fully, deeply loved, that reckless love we sang about this morning, that pursues us, that does not ever let go when we know we're loved that way then we want to follow following me moves beyond this um private feeling or just a duty into a joy into a place where we carry out his commands because we know it's for our good john even says in this that these commands are not burdensome they're not a heavy thing on your back Jesus talked about this in the Gospels too. He said, you know, the the Pharisees, they want to put all these things on your backs. So you have to follow all these little rules. But John says, no, this is not burdensome. It's not weighty. It's not going to crush you down. Because the will of God in our lives is like he is building his greatness into our smallness. He is saying, I just, 
I want you to experience love as I experience in community. And so we will become followers. God's will. It's not burdensome. But I will also say it's not easy. It calls for everything on our part. It calls for our complete allegiance. It goes against the stream of our culture in its expectations and values. So to follow Jesus is not burdensome, but it is hard. And that's why we need community to encourage each other as we are community of born of God to hold accountable to be followers of him. The last mark that we talked about in this passage is that we as a community born of God are overcomers overcomers what is the victory for us how do we look forward as a community and know we're going to be fine John says we overcome in verse 4 and 5 we overcome through our faith our faith is that what we believe right our faith is that we say Jesus is the Christ and John has made such a big deal of this in this whole letter Jesus is the Christ come in the flesh he is the son of God incarnate that's basic belief that we have to hold fast to and the way we win against all those distractions and deceptions of the world and of the evil one is through our faith the message says it this way faith is the conquering power that brings the world to its knees i don't know that we always feel that way as christians we feel like the beleaguered ones sometimes like we're uh so persecuted or whatever no we are the overcomers not because of how great we are but because of faith and belief in jesus christ the sovereign one of the universe true christian faith conquers the world not through military might not through doctrinal arguments not through coercion to come and be exactly like me no we ever overcome the world through our faith and love expressed through that faith so that's what it means to be a community born of god we're lovers we're followers we're overcomers so how are we doing growing into that christian community and what would you say i would love to have those those cards now and i'm going to read through some of them haven't done this before but it'll be a little bit of a experiment here as we read some of these thank you so much okay thank you that's my husband who is my best uh, supporter ever but yes isn't he it's great i'm going to read some of these so that you know what this community is saying a sign of a genuine christian community invitations to fellowship and service loving listening to one another respectfully serving the community and neighbors and caring genuinely for others Here's another one. Openly welcoming, loving to each other, regardless of status, race, other differences. Loving within our community and reaching out to our local community in love. So true. Love between one another. I hear a theme here. Expressed through prayer, gathering, breaking of bread, and care for one another. Love in genuine community is supporting those in need. Evidence that others care for others and follow through and care for the neighborhood around them. 
love and stewardship and fellowship, respect, prayer, genuine care for one another, passionate passion and urgency to be Jesus in the world, that's a sign of genuine community. I love this how this person said the members love inward, outward, and around. No boundaries to this love. Our neighbors are all for all of us. Loving relationships called together by God where the love of God pours out through its members. Are you catching any themes here? This is what you're saying about what this community needs to look like. That we have mutual care for one another, spiritual, physical, emotional encouragement. People that care for you unconditionally. People that accept you as you are and support you in need. Loving each other of different races, wealth, or lack of it. And together following Jesus. Biblical teaching, Jesus and not anything else. Pointing others to Jesus. Love towards others because of the love we've received from him. Other signs. In-depth study of the Bible. That's the one we talked about. We, we are followers because we know what the word says. We take time to spend time together. Christ and biblically centered teaching without personal or po- political opinions. This is so true. We are followers of Jesus first and foremost. No other creed than Jesus Christ. And this says too, the Bible is preached and taught. That is the kind of community. We want to be followers. We also want to live as selfless giving. That our worship is our giving ourselves away without concern for our needs always. People in a church family want to spend time together. They want to live and learn together, not just with their own cliques and their own friends. Genuine community is about love and servanthood. It's about serving and lifting each other up. It's about grace and mercy and forgiveness to each other that then is extended to all. Even, it says, in the face of frustration. Amen to that brother or sister, whoever wrote that. It can be frustrating to be in community. And we keep on keeping on. Because this person wrote too, a sign of genuine Christian community is forgiveness and grace. We're here by grace, friends. We offer it to others. We live by the presence of the Spirit among us. We connect through small groups. We ex- we're accepting of one another, whether Christian or not. So important. Those who know Jesus and those who are yet to know him are welcomed in this space. This one says unity, transparency, authenticity. Reaching out to welcome newcomers. Care for the local community in practical ways. And worshiping and witnessing together in unity to God. You've preached a sermon, friends. You've preached a sermon. This is what a community born of God looks like. And I hear in what you've written that you long for that as well. That you long for a place where this is happening. Where we together are finding out what it means to be enlivened by the Spirit. To live as lovers, followers, and overcomers. But... Or I should say, and. That calls for something from us. Because we can write it down as a goal and a mark of a wonderful community. But it calls for something from you and I. 
So the second part of that card, and you'll see it here on the screen for those of you at home, that I want you to consider this is not to be turned in. This is not for anybody but you and the Holy Spirit. To say, if this is the mark of genuine community, what will I work toward? What will I do to live into that space of a community marked by these things? This is something to put in front of you. Write it down. Put it somewhere where you're going to see it again. Now, I know our commitments are... We can't always follow through on them. We are wayward and um, we are people that just don't always do it right. And we know that we are a community birthed of God. But it's lived out when you and I take intentional steps to preserve our unity. Just like the song we sang. Both the call for it and the confession of it. That there are places where we're hold to, we hold to things. Not to community and unity. We love our opinions or viewpoints more than others. We've forgotten how to love others well. We, we focus on ourselves. So as you spend some time right now at the end of this sermon, I want you to think about what you'd write. What is God calling you to in genuine community? Is he calling you to pray more? Is he calling you to forgive? Is he calling you to reach out to somebody you don't know? Is he calling you to connect in a Bible study? To serve on a team? To forgive someone? To laugh with someone? What is God calling you to do as we build his community here at Pine Lake Covenant? These aren't just high ideals, friends. It's day-to-day, Sunday morning, through the week kind of commitments. And that is what we're called to do for one another. Genuine Christian community based solely on Jesus Christ. We are lovers who love well. You got to get close to people in order to love well. You got to figure out how to treat new people in order to love well. You've got to express humility toward one another. You've got to express a readiness to be inconvenienced for the sake of someone else. That's how lovers love in the church of Jesus Christ. Followers, they obey. That's the moral picture of our. If love is the relational picture, uh, following, obeying is the moral picture of community. We get closer and closer to Jesus so we know his heart, we know his ways, and we. We obey out of joy, not out of duty. We know him first in his commands, and then we say, that's the way I want to walk in. Let's help each other do that. And overcomers, overcomers believe. That's a doctrinal sign. Are we keeping true, as many people said, are we keep centered on the person and work of Jesus Christ? Do we know who we are because we know who Jesus is? Our faith overcomes, friends, because we have faith not in ourselves, but in the Lord of the universe who birthed his church for his good purposes. And so our faith can weather storms. We can fight for what is true and right, even when it's not popular, because overcomers believe and put their faith in Jesus. Now here's the thing about community, about any church, and this church as well. We are imperfect people. You have imperfect pastors. You are bound to be disappointed sometimes. Because we're always this work in progress. 
And for all the longing and aspirations we have that we listed on those cards, we know that we can get it wrong. And we cannot build genuine community on our own. And for those of you listening, either in this space or online, who have been hurt, disappointed, disillusioned by the church, you hoped for a pace of love and truth, and you found shallow expressions of care or niceness or an easy answer to every question. Don't give up on the community of God, because this is the spirit-infused work. We may disappoint each other. We may frustrate each other. But we as a community have the Holy Spirit of God to help us live as lovers, followers, and overcomers. A community of flawed people. I'm the first among them. But we are also a community of forgiven people. Hallelujah for that. That you and I come not having to hold on to any of those things that divide us or break us apart. We are forgiven people, invited to walk in the love and light of Jesus Christ. John talked about this all the time here, and we can live in that, friends. We can be free to love each other. This is why the practice of communion is such a key part of our community life. Because we say in communion that this table, this place where we look at the body and blood of Jesus Christ is foundational to who we are. That we belong to one who said, I gave my life for you. I poured out my blood for you. And you come to this table not because of anything you've done, but because everything that Christ has done. So as we end this series on genuine community, we end it at the table. We end it at a place of unity, humility, commonality, receiving from Jesus Christ. We find love that's willing to sacrifice everything. We find at this table a Savior who is worthy of our obedience because he lived in obedience to his Father. And we find at the table the sovereign King who's overcome everything that would ever rob us of communion with him and with each other. So before we receive communion this morning, I want to invite you to pray with me. Um, I hope that this has been part of this. Your commitment in this too will be part of this prayer. And then we will receive communion together um, as a symbol of this genuine Christian community that God has birthed. Let's pray. Lord, we're so grateful, always grateful. There's nothing we've done to deserve this welcome into your family. But you love us. And you welcome us. And you forgive us. And then you call us to love you in return and love our brothers and sisters. And at this table, Lord, we come in the same way, in need. We come looking for your feeding again, filling us up. We come in humility, recognizing apart from the death and resurrection of Jesus, we have nothing. We come, Lord, because you've invited us. And we come as one community. Make us one, holy God. Make us one. We pray it in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
So together we come to this table as Christians have throughout the centuries. And we hear again the words that Jesus spoke to his first disciples. On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and he said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembering me. And as he sat at the table with his friends, after the meal, he took the cup. And he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, poured out for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you drink this, do so in remembering me. We not only remember, but we receive again the love and care and communion of God, Father, Son, and Spirit as we come to this table. So even though we have a small little cup that you have to open and it's just a little... Let's remember we're at a feast, a feast of God. So I'm going to ask you, um, the music will start and you will come up and be served at either one of these tables. Receive the cup. It's got the little thing to peel back for the bread on top and then later the, the juice under. Take it back to your seat. We're going to receive it together as one. So let's come to the table because Jesus has invited us. Friends, this is the joyful feast of the people of God, and that is what we are. His community born of him. So take and eat the bread. This is the body of Christ broken for us. For those of you gathering online, you can serve each other in this space too. And use those words, the body of Christ, which is for you. And then we take the cup. We remember the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us. The blood of Christ given for you. Go in the nourishment of what Christ has given us in this meal. And we sing praise to him.